We're going to move right into physical strength, one of my favorites. Um, physical strength is measured by your ability to complete physical tasks using your own strength. Increased physical strength can help you protect your joints, create better balance physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, can reduce your risk of falling, and help maintain independence as you age. Now, I don't think too much about that because most days in my mind, I feel like I'm 25 years old anyway. It's just joke. I was just joking about this with somebody at work the other day. You know, I don't recognize the guy I see in the mirror because, you know, the 25-year-old the, the that lives between my ears and in my heart just doesn't recognize the guy looking back at him. I don't know what happened to 20 years of my life, but it's gone. Uh, there's an old dude looking back at me and it cracks me up still. The point is, is that I feel fantastic and I attribute that to taking better care of myself emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. I see lots of older guys in the gym and I appreciate them. I see guys from 50s, 60s, 70 years old and no, of course, they're not physically as strong as I am and no, of course, they're not training nearly as intensely as I am. But they're there and they're being physically active and they're maintaining their independence. They're maintaining their ability to take care of themselves because they're in there and they're being physically active. Uh, and I see it. I see it in practice. So it gives me the desire to do that. It gives me the physical desire to work on myself and improve myself so that I too can be in my 70s doing lat pull-downs and arm curls and walking on a treadmill to maintain my independence as I get older. Let's talk about physical training. Phys physical strength training. I, I, I really don't know much about this. So physical strength training, obviously number one, lifting weights. Lifting weights and training your muscles and keeping your muscles under stress for longer periods of time builds muscle. The more time that you keep your, your muscles under duress when you work out, the more they break down, the more they break down, the more that you need to feed them, the more that you feed them, the bigger your muscles get. It's very simple math. It's a very simple equation, thank God, because even somebody like me can do it. Um, but yes, number one, obviously, strength training physically comes from lifting weights. Number two, doing body weight exercises. This is something that anyone can do. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need to go anywhere. You can do it in your house. Sit-ups, core training, crunches, push-ups, doing push-ups. When I first started working out, I was 337 pounds and I could not do a regular push-up. I had to put, be on my knees and do a half push-up. They're commonly referred to as girl push-ups. I don't refer to them as that because I had to do them, and I know lots of people and guys who have had to start off that way. Um, I can tell you now that I can do about 60 push-ups without stopping, regular push-ups. It didn't start there. It started with baby steps. It started with half measures, and I had to work up to it, and I had to lose weight, and I had to strength train, and I had to get physically stronger. The point is, is I did that with body weight, push-ups, jumping jacks, uh, you know, toe touches. These are things that strengthen your core, strengthen your legs, strengthen your back without lifting any weight. Squats. You can do body weight squats. 
just from a standing position, just bend your legs and squat down as low as you can and do that over and over. When I first started, I could barely go halfway down. I could barely bend my knees halfway. And, you know, now I can squat even with a full hip replacement. I can still squat 225 pounds for, for repetitions. I did not start there. I started with my body weight. I added the bar with no plates on it because I was already so heavy and so out of shape that I could not do a regular squat. Um, this is applied knowledge. This is my own personal experience. So I can speak to this with some great confidence. Body weight exercises work greatly for initially starting strength training. If you're intimidated by the gym, if you feel embarrassed about your body, if you feel embarrassed about your weight, if you feel embarrassed about your lack of physical strength, you can start working out at home. You can go to a park and do push-ups and jumping jacks and sit-ups. You can do these things and squats. You can do these things outside. You can do them in, your, in the privacy of your living room. It doesn't matter. What matters is if you do it. If you want to work on your, your, your body physically or your strength physically and you want to work on the whole package, the physical aspect is just as much a part as the emotional and the mental. Cycling or, or stationary bikes, going for a bike ride, it's great for physical, physical strength training. Your core, stabilizing your balance on a bike with your core, strengthening your legs, your calves, your hamstrings, your quads, all of that is engaged. Even your upper body is engaged. Uh, there's almost no better physical exercise for you bicycling. It's easier on your joints than jumping jacks. Um, you know, one of my one of my friends in California swears by it. He says, when we were kids, we all didn't struggle with our weight because we rode bikes everywhere. I don't know if that kids do that anymore, but we used to ride our bikes everywhere when I was younger. Uh, and we were not fat kids because we were riding all over the place and getting really good physical exercise. Number four, walking with resistance, right? Walking in deep sand, walking uphill, walking anywhere at a brisker pace with intensity is also great strength training for your core, for your legs, for your lower back. Um, you know, you can incorporate lifting your arms or, or swinging your arms. You can carry hand weights. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that you can work on physical strength training without going to the gym and without lifting weights, and people just never consider it. Yoga is another one. Body weight exercises, time under tension, stressing your muscles into different positions and holding them is strength training. Are you going to get big, giant muscles? No. Are you going to get core strength and become physically stronger? A hundred percent. I know people that don't lift weights at all and are strong as an ox because they use their body weight and they do body weight exercises. The last thing, obviously, that I just mentioned is time under tension. Time under tension is the stress that you put your muscles under. How long you stress them out determines how much they get broken down. How much they get broken down determines how much they get built back up and what they can endure, right? Back to how strength is measured, how much force and external pressure something can take, an object can take. So how much force and external pressure can your muscles take? Can your body take? That's a, a measurement of physical strength. It has nothing to do, to me, physical strength has nothing to do with how much I can bench press. It cracks me up. I get asked by daily 
sometimes three times a week, sometimes every other day. How much can you bench press? I don't know because I don't lift that way. I don't power lift. I don't lift to max. I work under time under tension. I lift heavy weights and I do lots of repetitions and I do lots of sets because muscle is built from endurance. Muscle endurance is built from time under tension. Uh, and in order to fill out all of the loose skin from being so overweight, I've had to build big muscles. I talked about that in the Habits podcast. Again, I'm going to put a link to the Good and Bad Habits podcast in the description of this video because I talk about that specifically, why I've, I've worked on getting such big muscles. And it wasn't because I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I don't consider myself a bodybuilder. If anything, I consider myself a body rebuilder. I consider myself a mind rebuilder, an emotion rebuilder, a spirit rebuilder. And that's what I've put into practice in my life. And that's what I'm trying to share with this podcast. So physical strength is measured by your ability to complete physical tasks using your own strength. Again, I'm a firm believer in the physical is just as in part as the emotional and mental. And now we're going to talk about the spiritual side of things. So spiritual strength. I don't know what you guys think when you think about spiritual strength. I didn't really know how to gauge it, so I did some reading like I do. I always do some research before I start talking so I can share my experience and I can apply some of the knowledge that I've researched and apply it to my own experience. So spiritual strength is measured by our ability to find greater meaning to life, to align ourselves, right? If we're out of alignment and things are out of whack, to align ourselves with a greater purpose that goes beyond ourselves. To find and build relationships and unity with something greater than ourselves, such as nature, God, the universe, or the transcendent, which is surpassing the limits of man, right? Anything that surpasses the limits of man could be considered spiritual. I know lots of people, lots and lots of people who practice spirituality in lots and lots of different ways. And I'm not closed off to any of them because I think whatever you do that works for you, works for you. And you should do that. I'm not going to ever tell anyone that they shouldn't do something that makes them feel better spiritually. They shouldn't do something that feeds their spirit. Listen, if listening to Tibetan hums and hymns while taking a candlelit bath grounds your spirit, and makes you feel centered and grounded and in touch with the universe, so be it. I am not going to tell you not to do that. I'm not going to tell you not to listen to Tibetan chants sitting in, in the lotus position in the middle of your living room burning incense. If that's how you meditate and that's how you get grounded and connected spiritually, the more power to you. I want people to do whatever works for them. Um, finding purpose is the measure. Spiritual strength is measured by our ability to find the greater meaning to life, to align ourselves with a purpose that goes beyond us. I've just shared with you a few minutes ago that my purpose, I believe, is to be of maximum service and maximum benefit to other people. If that means lending a listening ear, if that means offering advice, if that means sharing my experience, strength, and hope with them, whatever that might be, if it's an opportunity for me to be useful to someone else, that is my purpose. Any moment of any day, if it's listening to a customer vent and complain about a terrible experience they had, 
I'm going to do that. If it's helping a friend navigate a heartbreak or a loss or, or a divorce, I'm going to do that. I'm going to share my experience with them. I'm going to give them my shoulder. I'm going to put my arm around them and tell them it's going to be okay. Because I needed somebody to do that for me. No matter what it is, no matter what opportunity presents itself, I want to be there to seize the opportunity. But it all comes back to me being accountable for taking care of myself first so that I can be of maximum service to other people. So how can we build, how can we work out spiritually, right? We talked about mental workouts. We talked about emotional workouts. We talked about physical workouts. So how can we get stronger spiritually? Number one, I only have, I only have four of these. But we're going to dig, right? So number one is obviously to seek. Seek a spiritual connection. Seek and or chase after something outside of yourself. Whether it be nature, whether it be the universe, whether it be a great spirit of the universe, whether it be Native Americans believe in the great spirit, spirits of their ancestors. Whatever it is for you, that is outside of yourself, seek it, seek it, chase after it, try to commune with it. Christians and those of organized religions pray. Some people sit and sit in the lotus position with incense burning and they try to get their spirit in tune or aligned with whatever their belief is or whatever their higher power is at my gym it's all over the wall push pray until something happens and that's what i practice constantly god doesn't speak to me in my head he doesn't answer me the clouds don't part and a big booming voice doesn't come to me from the sky god speaks to me through other people god speaks to me through opportunity when I pray and ask for God to make me useful and he puts somebody in my path that needs help, needs direction, needs someone to listen, needs advice. So especially when it's somebody who's experienced something that I have had direct contact with or direct experience with, that's my prayers being answered. I don't ask God to remove my obstacles. I ask him to give me what I need to get around them or get over them. So seek and or chase after something outside of yourself. Commune with your higher power, number one. The, the literature that I read regularly says that God doesn't make too hard of terms with those who seek him. So seek, mother truckers. Number two, surrender your will to God or to good orderly direction. Align yourself with doing the next right thing. We get so lost in our feelings and how we feel about something or our emotions and we're angry about something or our, our perceptions get distorted because our feelings are hurt or because we're angry and we lose sight of what the right thing to do is. And we make these decisions based on our emotions rather than what's right and wrong and rather than what we would want somebody to do if the shoe was on the other foot. I try to always treat people the way that I want to be treated. And people are surprised by this. I love it. One of my favorite things is when people are surprised by A, my vocabulary, my ability to enunciate and pronounce words. You'd be surprised how often people are surprised by my vocabulary. 
there's been several times in my life where people have said, wow, you are really articulate. And I'm like, you seem fucking surprised. Like, because I'm covered with tattoos and have an abrasive exterior, I've got to be ignorant? Or because I say the F word, I've got to be ignorant? I'm a pretty intelligent guy. I'm a pretty educated guy in lots of different things because of my experiences, because of first-hand life experiences, not because of books I've read. My, my experience and my wisdom comes from, from life experience and doing shit the wrong way. How many times have you guys heard me say on this podcast, my experience comes from doing things the wrong way for a long time, so I've got a lot of insight on how not to do things. So me surrendering my will, somebody asked me, what does that mean, surrendering your will to God's will? Or trying to align my will with God's will, right? And I said, you know, God's will has to be the opposite of mine. Period. And my will my entire life has been to take. Take, 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 take. Mine, 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 mine. Me, 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 me. Selfish, selfish, selfish whatever I could get out of a situation. If I go to a party, I want to have the most alcohol. If I go, if I, if I am at a party or it's a Christmas party, I want the most presents. If it's a popularity contest or a costume contest, I want to win. Uh, it's always me, 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 me. And so therefore, if I really think about it and I put things into perspective, God's will has to be the opposite of that. God's will has to be to give and to give selflessly, right? They call it altruistic. Altruistic behavior is being selfless. So if my will is to be selfish, then God's will must be to be selfless. And the more I get my will in alignment with God's will, the better my life gets. I don't have any explanation for that. The more selfless I behave, the more selfless I am of myself, of my time, of my energy, uh, which are my most valuable commodities, right? My time and my energy are my most valuable commodities. I have so many people in my life that want more from me. And it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle because I want to give them more. But I want to give everyone more. And it is a struggle. It's a struggle for me to leave people wanting or to have people feel like they're not getting enough time or enough of my energy and I do care about them and they think that I don't and they think that I care less because I don't call them as much or I don't text them as much or I don't text them first. I can't tell you how often I hear, I always text you first and maybe it's something I need to work on but what I can tell you is that when I woke up this morning, by the time I got to where I was going for breakfast at 7.45 this morning, I had nine text messages from people saying good morning and checking in with me. And that's a blessing. I remember going days with no one calling me or texting me. So the fact that I have that many people in my life that want to say good morning or how are you or what's up, dude, is a blessing. And I don't feel bad about that. And I don't think anyone should. I wish I got 20 more. I wish I had the problem of I don't have enough time to reply to all of my friends. And the reality of the matter is with everything that I've got going on, I went to breakfast, I went to church, I'm recording a podcast, I'm going to go to work for nine hours, and I'm going to go to the gym after that. That's my Sunday. 
And I'm blessed in every way. That's the most balanced day that I could possibly have because I got to enjoy time with my family having breakfast. I got to get spiritually fed at church. That's not for everybody. I don't think everybody needs to go to church. I know people who wouldn't step foot in a church if I gave them $1,000. That's okay. They're still spiritual beings, and I love them anyway. And that's how we're supposed to live. That's God's will, to be giving of ourselves selflessly and to not judge. So I get spiritually fed. I go work on my career. I be the best employee I can. And then I go to the gym and I work on my physical health. And I get home and I get to go to, I get to, go to sleep in my nice, clean, cozy bed. And I get to, a shot to do it all again tomorrow. And I can't ask for a more balanced and blessed life. And it's because I've spent the last several years trying to get myself in alignment emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, and to get my will in line with God's will. And the less I focus on myself, the better my life gets. I can't explain that. But the less Joe thinks about Joe, the better Joe's life gets. And if you can relate or you think that's bullshit, try me. Try practicing these principles in your life. Try practicing the apes mentality in your life and being accountable for your behavior and your thoughts and your words and your actions and how you interact with people. Try being accountable for maintaining a positive attitude. Try being accountable for taking care of yourself emotionally and spiritually. Take accountability for your own life and grow. And you'll probably be amazed at the results you get because I still am. So I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. This podcast is my way of giving back. And I don't ask for anything in return but for you to share it, for you to talk about it, share it with people who might benefit from it. I found purpose, and and that's what this is about, this spiritual endeavor that we're on. So my will versus God's will is self versus selfless. Get them in alignment. I'm practicing selflessness. My life gets better and better every day. My relationships get better and better every day. And it has to do with the fact that I'm working on my spiritual condition. Number three, mindfulness. Mindfulness of your thoughts. Mindfulness of your feelings. Mindfulness of your behavior. Every aspect of our being, every aspect of our being, we have to be mindful of. I have to be mindful of what I'm thinking about. Am I, having neg- am I focusing on the negative? My negative thoughts will betray me. I'll get caught up in worry and fear, and I'll start acting out of worry and fear. Do you know how much damage comes from reacting to fear and acting out of fear and worry? We sabotage ourselves. I have sabotaged myself a thousand times over because I was afraid of something. I was afraid of something not going my way. I was afraid of an outcome, so I reacted. And then I made that outcome a reality because of my behavior. Every aspect of our being leaves us vulnerable to negativity. And attacks, right, from within us and from outside of us. I talked about negative self-talk. I talked about self-doubt. And the flip side of that, having compassion for self and self-love and in giving myself grace. And I think we all need to do that. If I'm not being mindful of my thoughts, if I'm not being mindful of my feelings and getting out the negative and expressing externally how I feel, whether it be good or bad, 
If I'm not doing those things, if I'm not being mindful of my behavior, if I'm acting out of fear, if I'm acting out of anger, all of these things are, leave me vulnerable to negativity and negativity creeping into my life. And the more I allow negativity in, the more it consumes me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I, if I let enough negativity creep in, I'll get depressed. And if I get depressed, I'll stop going to the gym and I'll stop taking care of myself physically and I'll start sleeping too much and then I'll start feeling sorry for myself. And all of this plays into mental health depression, bipolar disorder, all of these things are affected by the way that we take care of ourselves. Anyone who says that they're not is an idiot or full of shit or has no experience with mental health issues. I have lots. I'm sure it's documented somewhere how many times I've been in drug treatment or uh, mental institutions or, or sought counseling. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a paper, paper trail. I'm sure I'm all over the system. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that it's all over the place. Anyhow, the point is, is that I have some experience dealing with mental health and I don't take any medication. I'm not telling people not to take medication. Some people drastically need medication. I'm telling you that I treat my mental health and my mental and emotional state with taking care of myself physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. I keep myself in alignment. And if any of those things shift, there can be a shift in the balance of things and in the order of things. I believe that we get attacked from within and externally from, from darkness. You can call it the devil. You can call it the enemy. You can call it the dark side. If you believe in good, then you have to believe in evil. And I believe that we are surrounded by balances of good and evil all the time. And there are shifts in the balance of good and evil all the time. And I think that people can be consumed by darkness. And I think that's why real toxic shit happens and why people become so mentally ill and so twisted because they become consumed by darkness and be consumed by evil. And, you know, again, with the Star Wars reference, that's why there's a light side and a dark side. And those that become consumed by selfishness, the greed for power and prestige and hatred and all of these things, all of these negative emotions play into the dark side and how powerful it can be. And I don't think that's far off from reality at all. It's such an amazing science fiction story and, and series of movies, but the balance of good and evil is real. And what we feed ourselves, how many, how many of you have heard the story of the two wolves, right? The grandfather tells the grandson about the story of the two wolves. And whether it's Native American or not, I'm not going to lay claim to that because I've seen it as a meme both ways. Uh, but yeah, it shows up on Facebook as a Native American meme, right? And the grandfather says to the grandson that inside of every one of us, there's two wolves. One is thrives on love, kindness, tolerance, joy, compassion. And the other thrives on anger, hatred, jealousy, spite, vengeance. And the, the grandfather says that the wolves are constantly fighting and battling. And the grandson says, but grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the one that you feed. 
So speaking to that little story, I focus on feeding the good wolf because I want the balance within me to be of light, love, tolerance, and kindness. And that might not be you, and this might not be for you, and that's okay. I, I don't harbor any ill will towards anyone to each their own. I'm just trying to be helpful to other people and to help people have a positive experience. So we need to be mindful of our thoughts, feelings, and behavior because every aspect of our being leaves us vulnerable to negativity and attacks from within and externally from the enemy, from darkness, the dark side. It will try to infiltrate any well-lit space in your life. It will try to infiltrate your mind. It will try to infiltrate your heart. It will try to infiltrate your spirit. So leave no part of yourself undefended and unprotected. And how do you do that? By staying mindful. Be mindful of what you're thinking about. Be mindful of what you're feeling. Express those things. Get it out of you if it's negative. And finally, last but not least, so excited about this. Last but not least, dispose of all that hinders you collectively. Dispose of people who are toxic and harmful and dishonest. Cut them out of your life. I've talked about this in the Emotionally Unavailable Relationships podcast, in the, in the Habits podcast, in the Love podcast. I talk about all these things constantly. Cut out people out of your life who do not add positivity and love to your life. If someone is an energy vampire, get them out of there. If somebody is taking the wind out of your sails and constantly trying to cut you down for your accomplishments and your aspirations, get them out of your life. They have no purpose. They're serving no purpose. I don't care if you think that you've been friends with them for a long time. Tell them if they can't be more positive or be more happy for you, then you are going to have to limit your exposure to them because they're bringing you down. Have some balls to stand up for yourself and set boundaries with people. Do not let people bring you down. You are responsible for who you allow access to you. Let me say that again. You are responsible for who has access to you. If someone is harming you or making you sad or bringing you down constantly or trying to drill holes in your boat, kick them out of the boat. It's simple. It's not easy. It's simple, though. I talked about it in the Habits podcast. I went off on a tangent talking about Pastor Mike Todd. Be careful who you allow in your boat. Not everyone is rowing. Some people are drilling holes back there behind you. Be mindful of who you let in your boat. Cut them out of there. Dispose of all the crap that you watch and that you're feeding yourself. You want to talk about the two wolves, right? Stop watching violent, toxic, hostile videos. Stop watching hateful protests. Stop watching hateful bullshit on TikTok and YouTube. Feed yourself positive. Feed yourself enlightenment. Feed yourself self-help videos meditative videos, feed yourself things that are going to make you feel better and help you progress emotionally and spiritually and mentally in a positive way. Stop feeding yourself negative crap from the media. And finally, dispose of time stealers, things that steal your time, time sinks in your life. Laziness. Stop sitting around the house doing nothing. Be productive. Get a hobby. Get out of the house. Go for a walk. If it's beautiful outside, you shouldn't be inside watching TV. We have plenty of crappy weather days where it's raining and we can't be out and about doing things. 
Save the, the movie watching for rainy days. Too much chatting on the phone. Too much chatting on, on Messenger. Stop chatting electronically and go hang out socially. Interact face-to-face, -face, interface with another human being. Share your experiences. Share your thoughts and your feelings and express that shit externally with another person face-to-face. -face. Go to a restaurant and have lunch and leave your phones in the car for an hour. It's, it's amazing how people just refuse to disconnect. And, and my friends and I struggle with this too. Like... Like we talked about making it a rule, like when we get together to eat, phones go in a basket and sit off to the side like they're not at the table because we're interfacing for a reason. We're spending time together for a reason. And that human connectivity is important. Stop watching so much TikTok and YouTube. Don't sit around watching videos for three hours a day. Make your own freaking videos. Start a podcast. If you like drawing, start doing drawing videos of your artwork. If you like doing building things, woodworking or whatever it is, do that. If you like working on cars, go out and work on cars. Video yourself working on cars. Make a video on how to change out a, a fuel pump. I have a friend who's an amazing mechanic. He could probably help other people by posting videos of him working on a car instead of sitting on his, on his couch watching TikTok videos. He doesn't do that, but lots of people I know do. Stop watching so much TV. Stop sleeping so late. Don't sleep half the day away. It, it, you want to get depressed? Spend too much time inside. Spend too much time sleeping. Sleep half your day away constantly and feel bad about you haven't done anything productive. These are all things that I'm talking about, being mindful of all of these things. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I certainly enjoyed talking about it. Clearly, I get passionate about things and uh, I feel strongly about a lot of this stuff because I feel like a lot of people just don't take care of themselves and they just don't know how. And that's the purpose, really, of this podcast is to just help people work on themselves and work on forming new habits and new behaviors. And I'm just trying to share some of the things that I practice, some of the things that I've picked up along the way. Uh, and I speak from experience. I, sp I speak from the dark, the dark side of things and the toxicity of things. And I've been very toxic and I've been very emotionally and mentally broken and very mentally and emotionally sick. And... These are the things that I do on a regular basis that I practice. Not perfect. I'm definitely not perfect at any of this. I certainly don't have a degree in self-help. I certainly don't have any doctorates. All of my all of my experience is, is firsthand. It's it's living unhealthily for a long time and developing lots of bad habits and lots of terrible behaviors and what I've done to amend those behaviors and how I keep darkness at bay and how I stay in the light, how I stay living a positive and light side life. Feed the positive wolf. Be mindful. Work on your strength emotionally, mentally. Work on working out mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Get it all in alignment. Work on all of those things. You can work on all of these things at the same time with mindfulness and practice. Anyway, I'm getting repetitive and redundant. I apologize. Sorry, not sorry. I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. This has been episode 10 on strength. If you liked what you heard, like, subscribe, share, please. I'll keep you posted on the merchandise coming up on the website. The website is still under construction. As, as time allows, I will work on that more, and I will 
shoot links and post links to all of that as things develop. I love you all. I appreciate your support. Again, I don't care what you say about me as long as you talk about me. Have a good day.